Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here's San Francisco and the incomparable forward, Rick Barry. Behind the line, they burn him again, and it's Barry. And now Rick Barry, the league's leading scorer. What a superb basketball player he is. Hi, everybody. Rick Barry here with my uh, sidekick, the surf man himself, Cyrus Satchis. And we are delighted today to be joined by a former Golden State Warrior who had uh, many great seasons there. And we're going to talk about one one of his performances in particular that we'll get into in a little while. But of course, I'm talking about Eric Augustus Floyd, better known as Sleepy. And of course, the first question has to be, where did Sleepy come from? Oh, my God, it's embarrassing, but uh, I've told it so many times. Uh, I got to play in baseball, Rick, uh, which growing up, my dad always wanted us to play multiple sports. And so I had to play baseball. And I really didn't like baseball. I really didn't like standing at the plate hitting. hitting. Uh, so we had an early, fourth grade, we had an early morning game and uh play second base and when you know the first pitch was hit to me and went right through my legs never saw it and someone <laughs> in the stands called out get that freaking kid out the game <laughs> so all my little teammates and cohorts they heard that and never let me live it down <laughs> so I got it playing baseball <laughs> uh, fourth man. grade right fourth is that correct grade. yes that's a long grade. nickname that's crazy yeah, yeah. Not to stick with you to go into the basketball is, is kind of strange and all that. And that's that's an early, early, uh, early age to get it. But that just shows you how the kids, how kids can be, uh, how kids kids can just be horrible. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. I cried over that name for a long time, for a long time. Because you got to imagine being in fourth grade. Excuse me, my phone is. Those damn phones. Just never stop ringing. It's not ringing. It's, you know, it's a way, it's a way of yeah, but you can imagine being in fourth grade, getting called that and teased with that name. Hey, listen, I can think yeah. of a lot worse things than sleepy, though. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you always got to look at the other side of it. It always could be worse, right? Yeah, could be a lot worse. Could have been a lot worse. So you're right. I know. It, it hell, Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Okay, so your dad, that's kind of like me. He wanted me to play other sports. I actually was a better baseball player in high school. And, uh, and I did play a lot of baseball, but it, I'm like you, I really never really liked it that much. It's too slow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's boring. I, I yeah. thought you were going to tell a story that you were out there and you fell asleep out in the outfield when you're nothing was going on, you know? So, cause you can easily <laughs> do that. That's, <laughs> that's why I got out of center field. Cause of Willie Mays 24, I said, hell, I could be out of the whole game and never see a ball. I mean, yeah, yeah. And I, if you're not uh, batting that by the bottom of the inning, you're sitting on the bench for like two innings doing nothing. When, when I was at Georgetown, um, one of the reporters, I'll never forget this, he was with the Washington Post. He was like, how'd you get that name? So I used to tell this story that when I was in high school, I mean, totally made up. When I was in high school, I got a date with the prettiest girl by shot and my and amazement. And she went to the prom with me and I fell asleep on her. And the guy was writing it down and writing it down. I said, I had to stop him. Like, no, 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 no. I'm just joking. <laughs> oh. All right. Time to take a quick break to talk to you about our official sponsor, Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. I've been having some fun myself betting on NBA action, especially the Warriors and their hot start. And bet online's where I do it. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. So, so how did uh, how, how did uh, how did basketball become such an important part of your life? Um, well, I grew up playing. Everyone on my street played. Um, 
you know, I, I grew up in a neighborhood with some, at that time, some phenomenal uh, basketball players and, and that's all they did. So if you want to be part of the crowd, Rick, you had to play sports. And in particular in North Carolina, obviously, you know, with the ACC and being basketball country, we like to say here in North Carolina, North Carolina, um, that's all we did from sun up to sundown. We played basketball at a place called Irwin Center in, in Gastonia, North Carolina. I think, you know, James Worthy grew up in Gastonia as well. Wow. And um, so we grew up playing from fourth grade on and uh, just fell in love with the game. Uh, we used to have a, a raggedy gold in the backyard. It was a, it was a bicycle rim. We got a big piece, piece of wood nailed a, uh, the, a bicycle rim onto the onto the made-up backboard, and that was our goal in the backyard. And wow. uh, we used to have everyone over in the back. We had no grass in our backyard because <laughs> we played in the backyard, so it was totally hard dirt. And <laughs> that's how we grew up playing. It was, it was phenomenal. Yeah, well, we're all products of our environment for sure, and so uh, fortunately, you got. Uh, you were in an environment that was able to go ahead and take advantage of the athletic skills and talents that you have. We're joined by Eric Sleepy Floyd here on the, on the Rick Barry show, along with Cyrus Satchez. So we appreciate your, your tuning in and learn a little bit about a young man who had, uh, who had a, a long career, obviously. I mean, you're way beyond what the norm is. I mean, you know, the norm is only like guys make it like three years if they're lucky. That's right. Mm -hmm. you played a lot of years, but I'm always kind of curious is that, you know, what did you think about when you first got drafted? Uh, were you happy with that? Uh, and if not, why? Well, coming out of Georgetown, I knew I would be a high selection. And actually, Golden State had a huge interest in me out of the draft and uh, the New Jersey Nets was picking right before Golden State. And, you know, obviously they took me at number 13. And uh, I think uh, they picked Lester Connor right after me. And so when there, when there was an opportunity, I was playing with the Nets and Larry Brown was the coach. And I wasn't really playing much, you know, probably about 15, 15 minutes a game. and. And they were really interested in the Nets, obviously, and Michael Ray Richardson from that area. And he was playing with the Warriors at the time. He was a very popular player with the Warriors at that time. And uh, so they made a trade halfway through my rookie year. And it was the best thing to happen to me in my career because Golden State gave me an opportunity to play. Al Adels was the coach. And... Uh, with, without that trade at that particular time, I might have been one of those players that only played three years. But Golden State gave me an opportunity. Al really liked my game, and and uh, he started me the first game that I arrived uh, to Golden State. So, no, I was excited about it because I was going to get an opportunity to play. Obviously, I was going to a great city. Uh, um, you know, at that time, you know, Rick, go to state. We really wasn't winning a lot, you know, um, obviously there were the Lakers and Portland trailblazers and, uh, the Mavericks and Seattle and some of those teams were very good. So we were kind of upstart team. So I would get a lot of playing time and a lot of opportunity to, 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 uh, improve my skill and become a, become a real NBA player. So to answer your question, I was very excited about the trade to Golden state. Yeah, well, I would be happy too. I mean, you basically doubled your minutes playing, and then That's you know right. the next year even more. Then you got up where you were playing like most guys do, you know, playing in the in the mid thirties and having an mm -hmm. opportunity. I try to tell people, I say, you know, it's pretty hard to make an impression if you don't get on the court, and then it's even more difficult to make an impression if you do get on the court and you never see the ball. That's right. That's right. I mean, that's right. Yes. Unless you're a big guy and you're blocking shots and rebounding, I mean, you don't have much of a chance to make an impression. If you're not one of those guys, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they put the ball in my hand. They gave me an opportunity to play. And I was very fortunate that I could handle the ball where I could play both positions. So when I first came into the league, obviously I played two guard at Georgetown. And, but when I got into the league after my first or second year, guys like uh, Marcus Johnson and Dr. J and Iceman and all these guys were converting from the three small forward position mm -hmm. to the two guard position. So 
being a being versatile, versatile, versatile. Um, I was able to switch positions to point guard, and and uh, it elongated my career. Without without being able to switch positions from the two guard to point guard, my career would have been very short. Mm. Yeah, very interesting. And it, but to your credit, okay, and this is the thing I think people need to know. So when you were first playing and doing things and you're getting off to start, you were averaging less than two assists a game and then you're like two assists. But you know, you're playing too. Like again, you don't have the ball. I mean, so you That's really right. can't yeah. do as much with it. I mean, yeah. I understand I understand that totally. Please, as you know, as I was like, you know, it's like the point forward that the first point forward out there trying to do stuff as a point as a forward. But to your credit, I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, you went from going from three to five, then to nine, then to 10. Right. I mean, so all yeah. of a sudden you became one of the elite point guards in the league. Not only were you scoring really well, you know, and, and putting numbers up there and, and mm -hmm. scoring almost 20 points a game, you're getting almost double figures and assists. So how did that transition take place for you uh, as far as the ease of being able to do that? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I, I got to the point where, I, I really got excited about getting assists. And obviously, at that time, we had some really good shooters. We had Purvis Short, Chris Mullen, mm -hmm. uh, Rod Higgins was a very good shooter. Um, who else was it? Greg Ballard we had on our team, who was an exceptional, as you know, Rick, an exceptional outside shooter. So with my penetration and, and getting to the basket, I could draw the defense towards me, and I was just pitching it out for easy shots. You know, you can't get those assists if those guys aren't making the shots. So True. I was very fortunate <laughs> to, um, you know, play with some outstanding shooters. And, and and it made us a better team. It made me a better player. And I was able to expand my game. And I really got joy out of scoring. But also, you know, out setting other guys up. And once I gained the trust of my teammates that if they ran the play, if they got open, they knew that I would give them the ball. They knew I was looking – for them first. And once I gained that uh, respect and, and confidence in my teammates, then they allowed me to become a better player. Eric Sleepy Floyd joining me here on the Rick Barry Show, along with Cyrus Satchez, who's been very quiet. I know he's dying to ask you something. No, 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 I'm, good. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not, Rick. You're. I love your direction. Just you're asking perfect questions. Just, well, I yeah. mean, here's here's the thing: is that what you became, Sleepy, was what I wish most all point guards would have the mentality: is you became a pass first point guard as opposed mm -hmm. to a score first point guard. What do you think about that evolution of all of a sudden he's the scoring point guard? Right. Right. Well, see, you could get labeled in the league very easily. You could become like a selfish player or um, if you're really hunting the ball as a point guard and trying to score, you know, it's not like it is now with Steph and a lot of the scoring point guards in, in this era. It wasn't viewed upon if you had a point guard that shot all the time. It wasn't viewed positively, you know. So to be affected – effective and to be respected as a point guard the goal was to set those guys up run the break if they ran the break make sure they got the ball even if I could get to the basket myself which I could I got you know giving it to Chris Mullen or Purvis Short or J.B. Carroll or Terry Teagle one of those guys who could really run the floor uh, it was just a set of satisfaction in doing that and I enjoyed it and um, uh, and I think my team teammates respected that because they knew I had made the transition from two to point, and they probably were curious to, curious as well to see how is this going to work out. You know, sleeping going from two guard to point guard, and uh, well, it worked uh, out damn well, sleepy. I tell you that. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it made me a better player, Rick. I mean, I really my game just from making that switch made me see the game in a different way. Well, no, I, I, see, I can relate to this totally because when I first came into the league, I played with Guy Rogers, who was one of the great mm -hmm. assist guys in the league, who yep. really passed the hell out of the ball and once and wanted assists. He was a pass first guy. So I, right. ran, I ran, they called me the Miami Greyhound. I mean, I ran forever. I could run forever and get open, knowing that if I did that, I'd get some easy baskets and stuff. That's right. However, when I finally got to the point where I started to have the ball more and they were running and the offense was coming a little bit more through me, I enjoyed it more because yeah. I, like you, I, I get so much more satisfaction out of a great pass that I can make yes. to a teammate for an easy uh -huh. basket than making the basket myself. That's right. 
And you know, it's kind of like, like you're a kid, like you, here you go. You got a bunch of candy and you got a bunch of kids out there and you're starting to hand out the candy and you make everybody <laughs> happy, right? That's right. That's right. Everybody, everybody wants a score. So tell me, I have one. I'm sure you've got one. What is your most fond pass that you ever made? I've got one that I did. And so I, I know what it is. So I'm curious if you have oh, one pass that you no made. No one's ever said. asked me that. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I know there's got to be one that's stick in your brain that said, oh, my God, I remember my pass. I, mine was like <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, it was Phil Smith running down the right side in front of our bench. The ball got knocked towards half court. I ran after it, bent over like a, like a football court, like a football center. <laughs> Two hands. I saw him going, and he just threw it up through my legs like I hiked it towards the basket. It went to the left side. It ha I could probably do that the rest of my life and never do it. It was perfect right next to the rim, and, and he caught it and made a two-hand dunk. Oh, my gosh. I, I could I could never duplicate it. So I, I that's mine. So <laughs> yeah. I'll give, I was giving you a chance to think while I was just over right, here. Right. Yeah, about was, while, you was, while you were telling that, I was thinking about one pass I made to a king where oh. and actually it wasn't luck. It probably looked like luck, but the ball was going out of bounds almost to half court. I jumped out of bounds I, and I saw him running towards the basket and I threw it an alley oop. From over half court. Way, always, you know. Yeah. And it, obviously, Akeem was an amazing athlete. The pass probably was horrible, but that one stands <laughs> out to me more for what Akeem did than what I did throwing up because the pass. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm giving you recognition. First of all, it's because you have a natural feel for the game when you played, which can't be taught. That's my big That's thing. Right. You either yes. have it or you don't, because most players would never even have recognized the fact that you could have yes. thrown a pass that could have right. possibly been you know, caught by Akeem Olajuwon. Yes. And, and not only did you do it, you threw it to a place where, hey, forget what his great athletic, athletic ability is. It still yes. had to be a pretty damn good pass for him yeah. to be able to take it and dunk it. No, it was. <laughs> it was. It was a good pass. It was a good pass. So that one stands out, you yeah. know. Okay. And right. it was in the playoffs that made it even better. Oh, there you go. Oh, that, makes it, that, yeah. makes it, that makes it even better. But see, yes, there, people have to understand, it, when, when you perform in, in athletics and stuff, you remember – things like this, you know, mm -hmm. play like that, that sticks in your head, but you also are haunted by the ones that you didn't make. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's the bad they stay, part. They stay with you, don't they? Oh my God. <laughs> I, I, you know, I got so many plays that I can think of that like they happened yesterday and we're talking about over 50 years ago and oh, it's like man. it happened yesterday to me. I mean, it's yeah. so amazing how it's just, it's just absolutely embedded in your brain yeah. that it's there and you can never, oh. it. that's the sad part. It's uh, amazing. Her. They say like they say in golf, you can remember your each shot in every round. In basketball, you can go to certain games and almost remember every play, every situation. You know, over the years playing against the Lakers or playing against certain players that you know that you felt challenged by, you had to raise your game. You right. remember stuff like that. You remember plays. I remember my rookie year blocking Dr. J's shot. And I remember my rookie year running down the court beside Dr. J, guy who I, you know, everyone grew up admiring. And I'm running down, I'm like, I can't, I didn't say it verbally, but I just said, I'm running right beside Dr. J. And he's going down and he did some kind of thing and I blocked it on the, and I remember going home, calling my dad that night, <laughs> calling everybody that I had just blocked this shot. So this, and I remember it so clearly to the day that I yeah, blocked well, it. I mean I felt the same way when I was on the court. I'm out there. My hero in basketball, Willie was my, my hero in sports to start with 24 Willie Mays baseball, but it was at watching Elgin Baylor. And so yeah. when I'm on the court, I'm playing the first time I'm playing Lakers. I'm like, I had to like pinch myself. I said, I'm freaking guarding my boyhood freaking hero. I, I mean, it's like crazy. I mean, it's like yes. this surreal stuff. Yeah. Dreams come true. Yeah. yeah, they can. If you, if you're willing to put the time and the effort into it, and here's the thing. So I try to tell kids, I'm, I'm sure you would agree is that if you love what you're doing, it's not an effort. It's not work. Yeah. It's, enjoy not it's work. enjoyment. It, you love what you're doing. And I said, hey, and then if you really let it and you get to be good at it, somebody's going to pay you to do what you love yep. to do. That's not a That's job. Right. That's right. It's not a job. No. They say, well, how can you be in the gym six or seven hours a day? And because it's not work. Mm -hmm. You know, someone who doesn't love the game, like we grew up loving the game, they, they can't relate to that. Like, how can you go to the gym every day? For five and six hours and shoot a thousand shots a day and do it over and over. Uh, it's just a passion and love for the game. You know, we grew up 
All right, Cyrus, I got to get you in here, but you can't talk about what we know we have to talk about eventually with with Eric Sleepy Floyd here, and that was the most amazing, one of the most amazing halves in the history of NBA playoffs. We'll get into that in a second. So if you've got something else you want to throw in there now. Well, no, I guess guess it's not a question, but when you talk about childhood hero Sleepy, so I started playing, and we had Chris Mullen on two weeks ago. Which is why this this is just all of this is just so poetic to me. It's uh you know you your backward mate Chris Mullen as who's there as part of that amazing half. Um, you were my childhood hero, Sleepy. I mean, my, my earliest oh, memories wow. playing was CYO basketball. I started playing like in third grade, and I played all the way into my thirties organizationally. I'm five ten. Don't have your athleticism for either of you, so I obviously never played anything beyond high school ball. But um, so so and I and I so yeah. I mean, I I loved your playing style. I loved you and Mullen in the backcourt. I loved the Warriors starting in like the mid to mm-hmm. in around the mid eighties. And uh, so the day I finally tracked you down for this interview and we've been going back and forth a lot and you're not an easy person to find. And I'm, it's going to lead to like the <laughs> question I'm going to ask. Um, I finally track you down and you call, and it's crazy. The day you called me was I was driving back from buying my now fiance's um, engagement ring. Oh, wow. and I bought this ring and I'm driving back and then there you were. And it was an unknown number. And I, I don't answer those usually because they're telemarketers. But I just for some reason was like, I'm going to take this. And it was you. And so so you, you you're synonymous with a lot of amazing memories <laughs> of my life. And I just want to want to thank you for coming on today. I guess my, my question for now is, so what are you doing these days? Like, you know, you, you you were high profile enough, in my opinion, to be out there now, to have a social right. media presence, to be doing media and talk shows and and I'm sure right. people would love your insights. So, so what are you doing these days and why are you relatively hidden compared to a lot of your peers? Well, I'm, I'm outside, like I mentioned before, I'm in here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm in real estate, a uh, company called Pappas Properties. We do a lot of mixed use developments and all up and down the Southeast and from Nashville to DC to Atlanta. Uh, we build uh, medical facilities and, and, and uh, just whole mixed use uh, communities uh, independent living, um, senior living opportunities. So, uh, I've been in real estate for a long time, so I'm not <laughs> big in social media. And I had a lot of people, a lot of people do come up to me and, and, um, you know, say, yeah, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. But I, I love real estate. Um, and I'm, I'm fairly low key. So I don't have a big, so I have a Facebook page. That's about it. Uh, <laughs> I had someone set up an Instagram account for me one time and it's there, but I've never put anything on it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just not big in this. I know I should, I should be because, you know, obviously social media is so prevalent now and there's so many opportunities via social media, but I'm happy doing what I'm doing and, and, uh, playing a little golf and, oh, and, oh. and, and, uh, so no, doing great, doing great. Nice. And you have kids, you have family. Like what, what's what's that part of your life about? Yeah, I have two kids. I have a daughter. She's in at NYU, uh, getting an MBA right now. Congrats. She went to University of North Carolina. My son went to Georgetown, like I did. He actually lives in San Francisco. Um, he's been out there for about six years, six or seven years. Uh, he started out with B of A, and uh, um, he's with a different company now, but. Um, so yeah, I come out occasionally and I visit him and I come to a Warriors game maybe once, twice a year. Um, so no, kids are grown. One's 30, my son's 30, my daughter's uh, 28. And, wow. uh, but they still in the, you know, they're still babies in my eyes. So they will always be babies. Always be, right? <laughs> always be. Are you, and this is a question for both of you, the Warriors are celebrating the, the 75th anniversary of their organization uh, as, since their launch in Philly, coinciding with the launch of the NBA. Um, and they're, the Warriors are acknowledging all the greats over the years. Uh, when are you two going to be coming to Chase Center and, and recognized? Well, I think they are on me uh, this Sunday, actually. Oh. Um, yeah, I talked to um, uh, Raymond, Raymond yeah. Ritter. Yeah. And... Uh, so I think my son is going to go out to the game for me and uh, represent. Why aren't you going? I couldn't. I couldn't make it out. Okay. I have some. I've been taking some uh, classes, um, so I'm I'm really in school right now as well. So I wasn't able to make it out. So he's going to go. It. Yeah. What are you, What are you studying? Like, what are you back in school for? Well, um, you know, I do a lot of land acquisitions, and um, so I'm getting some broker license in, in that direction now. So 
I've been going to class from six to 10 every night. You know, I graduated college in 1982. So it was a big adjustment to, you know, bear down and do this. So I've been kind of busy with that. Well, congratulations and uh, God bless you for that. And better you doing that than me doing that. Uh, (laughs) Not really, because it's been a struggle. Hey, I'm telling you right now, Sleepy, one of the happiest (laughs) days of my life was when I walked out of my last exam. But then I did get into some other stuff and I did and I got my license to sell insurance and some other things. And I'm going, why am I going? I don't want to go to school. I don't want to study anymore. What the hell? What is happening to my life? Anyway, well, hey, you're enjoying success, which is the most important thing. Sounds like you just have a great relationship with your daughter and your son. They're doing well. And that's as a parent, that's all you you really care about, you know. That's right. Good health, good health, and 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 have your see your kids, you know, having some success. So how how are your kids doing? All your kids. Well, I'm still I'm still trying to figure out why my youngest son is not in the NBA sleepy. It's just a it's unbelievable. I know. Remember we were together, we talked about that. what was yeah. a couple of years we were out there together yeah well and he's we, now he's now he's still he just played on the usa 3x3 team again you know he he tweaked his back two days before the olympic qualifying tournament oh shoot they they, they had to finish in third to qualify which is i'm just trying to figure out how do you win the world cup in your own sport and not qualify for the olympics that's coming the next year that makes no freaking sense at all nope. yeah but anyway two days before tweaks his back they have to replace him they lost in this in the uh quarterfinals and didn't get to qualify for the Olympics. So he got screwed out of that. Then he got oh chosen to play on the, on the America cup team, which they just had challenged from North America, South America, Central America. And, uh, and they won and they qualified for the world oh. cup again for next year. So he played and did well with that. How but old he, is he? He's only 27. I mean, he's not, he's got a lot of years left, but yeah, you know, I, people don't understand me. When I talk about my kids, I don't talk about them like a father. I'm talking about, I know basketball. And yeah. I know whether somebody can play or can't play. Yeah, yeah. And my son can play. I mean, yeah. in fact, and I see guys on teams that are, you know, guys shoot in the, <laughs> they're shooting from 20% something from threes, you know, low 40s from twos, 60 or oh 70. Oh, my gosh. And, and they're they're making five, six, seven, eight million dollars a year. They could have my son, who's so freaking smart. You know, he's got his master's in nuclear engineering. He knows yeah, the game yeah, inside out. I mean, and he's shooting, he's a 40% three-point shooter, a high 42-point shooter, if not better at times, and and a, and a nine, you know, 85 to 90%, you know, free throw shooter who knows how to play the game and has no real glaring weakness. And he can't they nobody's gonna pick him up for a minimum contract. I mean, I just wow. don't understand it. I don't anyway, get it. Don't people get, it, yeah. get sick and tired of me having to do that. And and I am a father in that regard, but I'm a father who's talking basketball that if I were a right. coach. I know I would want a bunch of players like my son on my team because they're yeah. going to play the way you played the game, right? That's right. Unselfish, yes. intelligent. Yes. 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 And, and, and you know, in, in this day, in this game, you know, the three point is so prevalent. So to have someone that can knock a shot down at better than 20, 25%, I mean, you know, well, when I was in the league, you only shot threes if you were behind, right. you know, and it, <laughs> they, they definitely weren't a part of the offense. You know, you didn't come down on a break and just pull up for it. Rick could because he was such a great shooter. But most guys, you know, you didn't have the green light to be able to to do that. But now you got guys coming down just shooting threes, shooting 25, 30% from the three. I mean, it's hard to digest. Well, first of all, how do you, why, well, in today's game, if how do you even have a guy on your roster who can't shoot 30% or better from three-point range, he's a liability to your team if he's a wing guy. Yes, no doubt. No doubt. So (laughs) what it is. So anyway, so let's let's get let's get to the the one that I want to talk to. And I'm going to tell you why it's I have such a fond memory. It's not a fond memory, actually, it's a horrible memory for me. Oh mainly because it's it was great to see what you did, but I was broadcasting that game with Bill Russell. Okay. Rick, and, you never told me got, that before. And I lost my voice during the course of the game. <laughs> I had you Larry, never I got, told me that. I, I didn't know you were I calling know, that I, game. That's crazy. No, and I was broadcasting the game, and I had to stop broadcasting because I couldn't talk anymore. It was just ridiculous. I, I had some issues, and I knew that if I kept talking, I'd wind up getting blisters and have to get vocal cord operation. And so, but I remember the performance that you put on and, but it was a memory that was, you know, kind of like a double-edged sword. Yes. It was wonderful to see you do that to the Lakers, but it was also <laughs> killing me that I couldn't talk about it. So it was tough. So 
what the hell happened? I mean, what what happened? I mean, you went from having you know a nice first half to all of a sudden having mm-hmm. an amazing well mm-hmm. third quarter. But I mean, but then a ridiculous you know I mean yeah. twenty nine yeah. freaking points in a quarter. I mean that's insane. So what what yeah. the hell happened? Well, we, you know, at that time the Lakers, what the Lakers were with Magic and Kareem and 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 um, all the great player Byron Scott and all the great players they had, they were a very cocky team as well. And they talked a lot of trash. So <laughs> it was to the point where the guys on the bench who never played, they were talking trash. Oh. And 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 Michael Tom, uh, Michael Cooper talked a lot of trash as well. And that particular game, you know, the game prior, I had pulled my hamstring and I had this wrapping on my hamstring and I didn't have all my quickness at that point. And I just remember them talking so much trash and we were down 14. I took that wrapping off my hamstring and I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And Mike, Michael Cooper just happened to be on me and we had this competition going and, and really I just got caught up in the moment, Rick and Cyrus and, and uh, everything was just instinctive. You know, I really wasn't thinking. I was getting the ball and just just going and attacking. And I always tell people, JB was telling me to keep shooting. So, you know, I was doing something right. Because normally <laughs> he would want the ball. So, um, you know, and being down, we were down in, in, in that series at the time, 3-0. We're down going into the fourth quarter. And uh, I would just say I was going to leave it all out there on the floor. And one play led to another. The crowd got involved and in uh, uh, the teammates were passing me the ball every time and telling me to take it. And, and uh, so it was a great moment. And, and at that time, you know, we were just a little Golden State team trying to make our mark in the league. And and obviously the Lakers had won so many championships at the time. And, and um, you know, coming from Georgetown and, and being competitive and, you know, growing up. And we always had that never give in uh, attitude, no matter how many points you're down, or if you're up against a, a huge challenge where you're the underdog, the, the you know the sure underdog. Um, don't you're not an underdog if you have strong mentality. So it was just let's get this one game and see what we can do the next game. So it just turned out to be uh, the best game I ever played in, in one of the best games I ever played in the NBA. And being that it was the playoffs. And being that it was against the Lakers, you know, I could have did that performance against, say, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers at the time. It wouldn't mean as much with the fact that, that <laughs> the fact that it happened against the Lakers and, and um, it was obviously a nationally televised game and uh, it, it worked out well. And, you know, it was one of the best accomplishments I ever had. You ever sit back and have a copy of the game and watch it? I haven't watched it in a long time, um, but I did a few years ago. Uh, I've watched it. I know every play. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I think it's still a, it's still a record, if I'm not mistaken, I think, for the most, most points in the, in the, well, in the whole half, but also in one quarter. It yeah, is. I get calls all the time whenever when someone gets close, like every year someone gets, whether it's Allen Iverson or Steph or KD and, Whenever it gets close, I get calls from all over the country yeah. that it's about to be broken. So I'm, I'm shocked, actually shocked it stayed that long, Rick, with all the great scores in the league. But, 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 Sleepy, 29 freaking points in one quarter. I mean, the guys can't score 29 in the game anytime in but, their career. But they don't have hand play. checking anymore. You know, it's not as physical as it used to be. So that's kind of why I'm saying that. I'm shocked that that, and then the amount of threes that they shoot now. You yeah. would think, yeah. well, with the three-point shot, I would agree. That's right. surprising. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, I'm I'm proud to still have that record. Oh, you sure. should. It's it's yeah. it's still one of my fondest memories ever. I uh, I can't believe Rick, you called that game. I didn't know that. Um, well, I called part of it. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, right, right. But you were there. But you were there. You know, and, and so and it was funny. So Rick brought on uh, Michael Cooper some months back on this show, and I asked him that question. And oh, he, did you? Oh. he 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 repeated. He echoed your sentiments that. He that they were acting arrogant and they woke up a sleeping mm-hmm. dog through their actions. Like he literally yeah. just said what she said that they were they shouldn't have been being acting cocky the way they were because it just oh, they yeah. saw a spark in your eye like we, I've had it I'm done with this and uh, did you hear the play on words that you just said without realizing it? No, that they woke up a sleeping dog. Oh, <laughs> dun dun dun. 
<laughs> my stepson loves those puns. Uh, yeah. So you, and, and it's funny because everyone talks about, uh, you know, game six clay and clay Thompson holds the regular season record, right? The 37 yes. points in a quarter, 37. but Warriors fans, you're forgetting there was, there was a clay Thompson before clay Thompson and his name was sleepy Floyd. And he was the one doing this first. I, I mean, I, yeah, it's amazing to me. I don't know really what else to add to that except Sleepy. That's just it's just remarkable that all these years later, you're right with with the three point mm-hmm. shot being emphasized now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with all these scores and offense and no hand check rules, like your mark. And yeah. I, I, I'm surprised you say that people call you. I don't really see it threatened that often in the postseason. Every once in a while, people because not many 20. people come, not many people come that close to doing that. No, yeah. <laughs> they don't. No, all the time. And and in that game, I still get letters today that from people that saw the game or was at the game from the Bay Area. Oh, I get these letters that say, uh, you're my dad's favorite player, and he talks about this game. Can you send a picture, you know, to my dad that's, you know, in the hospital or something like that? And uh, so it's amazing that, you know, that it stood that long and that people still recognize it, which makes me feel really good. And, and, uh, uh, and proud of that of that moment. Well, it's a great well, accomplishment. And, and you know what? It's not going to stop either because I can tell you right now, and Cyrus knows this, I've talked about it before. I've learned more about what I did in my career that I had no idea I had done because back when we played, we just freaking played. I had no That's idea. That's it. I know. <laughs> and, you know. And then, so what's going to happen? Anytime anybody's there, oh yeah, he came close to sleepy. It's always going to be there. And even if yes. they come and they break the record, it'll still be there because it'll be like right. second sleepy Floyd. And pop things have popped up about me in my career that I said, holy shit, I did that? I had no idea. Right. <laughs> we're so statistically oriented oriented now it's yes. just incredible yeah it's, it's incredible yeah it's, but but you know we love and the, and i think part of it too was and mullen talked about this when he came on a couple weeks ago how the warriors were kind of like uh, in tune and, and, and reputation wise with the clippers is just being this kind of a downtrodden organization yeah. right i mean because right. because you came to the warriors a few years after rick left and you're both, are, it's funny, you both are former Warriors who jumped to the Rockets too, but the, the, at least that early part of the 80s through until George Carl and you and Mullen really started to kind of gel, it was just a downtrodden times. And the Lakers it was, were the, yes. Yeah, and the, and the Lakers were the superpower. Years. They won 13 years, Cyrus. When I left, 13 years without making the playoffs. Oh, that's And that was the first year, the, the year that we made it, I think. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, wow. Exactly. That 8017. Yeah. And so I think that's part of what what really enamored the Bay Area. And I, I just it was weird, man. I remember being a kid being made fun of like, why do you love the Warriors? It's like they're, they're a team. I'm a, Bay Area, I'm a Bay Area guy. And then yeah. you guys make the playoffs and, and you to me, avoiding being swept was the victory because that right. Lakers team was such a juggernaut. I mean, people still look at that 87 Lakers team as one of the greatest oh, yeah. ever. Yeah, they didn't think they would lose a game that year. So it and was, you it was lit shocking. them up. Yeah. You but lit him up, and I, I that game would have never happened. The series before that, which I think was a, an amazing series with the Utah Jazz at the time when they had Carl Malone and Ricky Green and Adrian Dantley and Stockton, uh, Big Mark Eaton, and, and and Stockton wasn't even playing. Stockton was on the bench during that time. Wow! It was Ricky Green. It was Daryl Griffith. Uh, so anyway, we were down 0-2 that series. We had to win three straight to get to the second round to play the Lakers. And uh, we end up coming back winning three straight and, and, and that series was amazing. So, uh, you know, really going was. 13 years without the Warriors making the playoffs and having that Utah series in the first round and then being able to play the Lakers just made it more impactful. It was, it was I mean, I, I still remember it to this day. Like it was just like just yesterday, yes. it was incredible. Uh, Man, and and so, uh, Sleepy, what what team do you associate yourself with these days? By the way, we're recording we're recording this on uh, November nineteenth, uh, so you're being acknowledged Sunday, November twenty first, by the Warriors for for being part of their team as the seventy fifth anniversary celebrations. Um, but in your mind, like, are you as a, as your career looking mm-hmm. back on it, are you more a Warrior or are you more a Rocket? Because you obviously have memories with Akeem and and you had success there, yeah, but yeah, Barry, yeah. I mean, for those of like myself from Barry, I mean, you're our boy. So like, like yeah. who do you, who do you associate with? No, that's that's a great question. It's very interesting. If I'm in Houston, I'm a Rockets guy. <laughs> if I'm in, don't know, I'm I'm joking. No, really, a Warriors, Warriors, true and true. I mean, I have my fondest men, memories there. Playing in Houston, the fan base was kind of fickle. I think Rick, you probably know how it is. Oh yeah, and it was different. Even though we weren't a very good team at Golden State, 
they would come out and they would support us, whether we were down 15 or down 20. Now, if you're down 20 and you're playing for the Rockets, you know, the, the stadium would be empty. It'd be a few, you know, <laughs> it, it wasn't a great environment. But that, that Golden State environment and the fan base out there has always been amazing. So I'll always be a warrior. Oh. Yeah, well, plus the fact for you in your career, I mean, this is when you had the opportunity and were given the chance to That's show right. what you were capable of doing. And you were intelligent enough and talented enough to make the transition from two guard to point guard and elevated your game to a, other, a, a totally new level. So I, I can right. see why, why, you know, it would have to be your, you know, the most enjoyable is, part of your it career. It is. And I love the Bay Area on top of that. So uh, we love you. And yeah, we love thanks. you. We love both of you. I mean, you both, you, I, neither of you come here enough, in my opinion. Like, you, you should be living here and get your free meals everywhere you go. Like, but that's just my opinion. But yeah. Yeah. So let, me, let, me, let me ask you, because obviously, you know, you're a great player in your own, during your time and what have you. Tell me what you think about Steph Curry. Oh, my gosh. I love his game. I love his... Uh, this approach to the game, the way it moves without the ball. Um, he can shoot off the dribble. He can shoot, you know, stand still, which is a hard people don't understand. Some people can shoot off the dribble, but then maybe they can't shoot stand still or vice versa. So he's able to, 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 to take those shots off the bounce or uh, come off a screen and, and square up and shoot. Uh, I like his, I love his passing ability. He's very unselfish. His teammates love him, which is a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know his dad. I know his family very well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I just think he's an amazing player. I mean, he's. I, I definitely look forward to Clay. Clay is one of my favorite players on the team. Always has. I've always loved this game as well. Uh, but Steph is taking it to another level. And the way he's playing this year is, is amazing, the way he's leading the team. You know, along with Draymond Green and, and uh, but Steph and his Seth is he's fun to watch. He's one of the only players that I, if he's playing, I try to make sure I'm watching the game. And yeah, I don't do that for a lot of players. Now he's worth the price of admission. I tell people. Yes. And the thing I love about him, he's just having so much fun playing. He just so you can easy, see how yeah. he loves, and he makes it look so freaking easy. And there's just never been anyone, and, I, and I've seen some great shooters and been around a long time. There's never been anyone that can shoot the ball the way he shoots I, the best. I've never seen anything like it. No. I've never seen anything like it. You know, I tried to compare, you remember downtown Freddie Brown? Of course, I played against downtown Freddie Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> but he had that kind of range. But he, at that time, he was really the only ones that would allow to take those shots from that deep. But not not 48% from 28% no. from the basket. <laughs> you know? I mean, when, when he's on his game, it's just, it's absolutely insane. I try to tell people to explain to him, I said, you have to understand. I said, he's not just shooting it just past the three-point arc. One season that somebody had a statistic from 28 feet, he shot 48% for the season. That's and from one of the corners, I think it was the, I think it was the left corner and uh, of the arena on the north northwestern side of the arena, uh, right. the arena, he shot some ridiculous percentage from that freaking distance because it's a shorter shot. I mean, he's he's done things that you would say no, you can't do it. No, no, no way. Come on, but you're just making that up. He can't do that. He does it. Right. He does yeah. it. Man. Right. I mean, you know, you would get taken out of a game in our era if you took those shots like that. Of course. And if you yeah. didn't make it. And if you made it, you might have got pulled. So uh, it's amazing that he shoots it like a free throw, you know, he's effortless. Amazing. Yeah, he's, it, is he's it is. It is like a free How different, you know, I've asked Rick this before, but you could obviously answer this again if you want. Sleepy, how different would your game be if you were playing in today's game where the, the hand check rules aren't there, where the three is now welcomed? Mm. Um, like, right. like would, you, would you be scoring 10, 15 more points per game? Like, how different would it be for you? Oh, I would definitely average more points because I could shoot the three. I shot a decent percentage. We didn't shoot many of them, but I was one of the guys on the team that were allowed to shoot three-pointers, um, you know, within the offense. If it went inside, then it came back out, and you had your feet set, then you take it. But uh, I think a lot of players in my era and, and, and Rick's era, they would be unstoppable, unguardable, more than what they already were. You know, 
no hand checking, no body checking going across the lane. You're not allowed to jump in front of someone and impede their progress going across the lane. You got to let them go across the lane. It's just, you know, it's kind of like those quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, you can't touch yeah. them. They can play a long time like that, you know. So um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It would it, it would be nice to play in this era for this era for sure. Yeah, I'd like to play in this era so I can have three more freaking zeros on my contract. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's the point I'm really missed. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but you you didn't miss out on three of them, okay? You, you had a couple more than I had. So, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Here's the oh. thing, you know, Sleepy. I tell people. It wasn't about the money. I, mean, I just love freaking playing. I used to think it was a joke when I was, I made my first year with the $3,000 bonus that I got. I uh, made $18,000 and I thought I was as happy as a pig in slop. I said, I can't right, believe man. I'm making $18,000 playing basketball. This is unbelievable. All you know, about I, can't the competition. Even, I can't even relate to the fact that if I was 30 years old, I'd have a five-year, 200 plus million dollars. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. are you freaking kidding? Oh uh, my gosh. With your numbers. Oh my goodness. Unbelievable. 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 Yeah. What do you think of this team? Uh, what what they're doing? The Warriors. I love the team. I love the youth, the youth that's been interjected into the team. Kaminga, uh, Jordan Poole, is, uh, he's becoming a ball player, learning on the staff. Um, uh, I think they're getting Wiseman back soon. But the chemistry uh, and the defensive end is really where they're winning a lot of these games. I think they rank in the top two or three in defense in the league. Um, they get good shots every time down, Rick. Every time I – I mean, I very rarely see a bad shot taken because of their ball movement, because of their unselfishness. Uh, obviously, Steve Kerr has implanted a, an amazing system uh, for them to excel in, and, and, and everyone touches the ball. Even Steph gets most of the shots, but the ball is really moving. He's doing it within the offense, mm -hmm. uh, the high screen and roll. Uh, he gives the ball up. He runs and, and, and utilizes his screens very well. And he passes the ball. And you can tell his teammates enjoy playing with him. They know if, it, if they're open, he's going to give up the ball. So, And they're a young team, I think, now with, with the younger players on the team. So... I think bringing uh, Andre back into the fold really helped them solidify their defensive intensity because he brings that every time down court. So that uh, uh, trickles throughout the team. Um, so no, they're they're a joy to watch, and I love the team. And I mean, right now they have to be the favorites to 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 win the championship. I know it's still early; a lot can happen, injuries or you know, eventually they're going to hit. They they're going to go into a slump. They're going to have their challenges, but right now they, you know, they plan so well right now. Now I went to the Charlotte Hornets game. <clears throat> and they lost. They lost. Yeah. And it was interesting. I don't think they played well that particular game, uh, but they only lost by three points. Yeah, they think it was four points and three or four points they lost by. But the thing is, even Steph said, the hardest thing for those guys to have to learn, and, and you you'll relate to this uh, is to be able to get your mentally prepared before games against bad teams, against teams That's that right. aren't that yeah. good. Because That's I right. call it the con job syndrome. Basically, you know, coaches saying, hey, guys, you know, these guys are going to give everything they have. We got to, yeah, coach, ready, ready. But they don't yeah. really believe it. You don't really they believe it. Con yes. themselves into thinking they, there's no yeah. way in the world that that team thought the way they were playing, that they would lose to the Charlotte Hornets. And even Steph said, I don't think we were ready to come out and play the way we needed to That's play. Right. And, and they were right. down and they still, and, and if Steph just had a bad shooting game, they would have won. He they had a horrible, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had a horrible, horrible shooting, game. shooting game. Yes. He yeah. missed a lot. Normally does not miss. Um, they had some, I don't know what the turnover, I know they had a high, you know. Yeah, that hurts them. Their turnovers hurt them a lot. Turnovers too. hurt them. So, um, but anyway, they, was, they were a joy to watch. They were fun to watch. What about, them going to Brooklyn and they and the Brooklyn fans chanting MVP to Steph. I yeah. mean, I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, no, to me, it wasn't amazing because if you're going to be New York appreciates great players and great they players. They do. Yeah. That's okay? true. They may be fans yeah. of their team, but they appreciate greatness. 
And I, yeah, I would always. That's right. Always, no, that's a great point. Yes. Yeah. You, I always enjoy exactly playing right. in New York. They respect that and do it. In fact, they, you know, because they bet on everything there in New York. And I'm, I'm walking <laughs> yeah. the court, Rick, how you feeling? How you feeling? I said, hey, it doesn't matter how I feel. I said, how I feel is going to have no bearing on how I'm going to play. I said, you got to be worried about how I'm going to play. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a. We got to talk about that another day. That's a crazy perspective I've never heard of. Oh, that's how are you feeling today? That's, that's I'm serious because they would bet. They guys afterwards would tell me, "Oh shit, you bring me that bets. How many points you're going to score in the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter?" I mean, they bet on everything back there. They're just they're still do, still do. Yeah. I, I remember we when I was with the Nets, um, the league called a meeting and they said, you know, they were like, "Be careful." if you're out and about in New York and who you're talking to and, you know, just be careful about giving information about your team, you know, just like a general conversation because they bet, like Rick said, they bet so much in New York and they always trying to get information. You know, here I am a rookie, you know, someone talking to me about basketball, I'm liable to say anything, you know, exactly. Really be careful because people are looking for information. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I could have course. It had a big impact and screwed a lot of guys up. Oh man, I feel horrible today. (laughs) (laughs) But when I tell them, I say, "Hey, look, let me tell you something." I said, "You're asking me how you feeling?" I said, "Look, I felt great and gone out and played like shit, and I felt like shit and gone out and played great. So it doesn't matter how I feel." That's so true. That sometimes you play better when you're sick. Hey, I had one of the best games. I played against Willie in the ABA. I played against Willie Wise who was one of the best defenders yeah. in the NBA, a hell of a player. I mean, a yeah. really great player. Tough, toughest, one of the toughest individual defenders. We had played a game on Thursday night, Friday night, and we were playing Saturday night. And we had an afternoon game on Sunday back in, in Long Island at Island Garden at the, at, the, at the old arena that they had there. And it's against Willie Wise. So, I mean, I got hardly like any sleep at all. I got a hot dog and a Coke, I think, before the game. And I got 50 something on them. I mean, <laughs> I was numb. <laughs> so, I, you know, like I said, how I feel is totally irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Oh well, I'll tell you, Rick, I've seen some of your stats and it's just amazing that, you know, what a great player, Hall of Famer, you know, you reached a level that most players never could, could fathom. So, you well, know, it's, well, it's, it's a pleasure to be lucky. I, I tell you why. I'm sorry well, to interrupt you. Baller, I was, man. you no, 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 no. I was very lucky to have a father who was a semi-pro player coach who put down the foundation that I was able to build on. He drilled fundamentals, fundamentals. And so I try to tell people, wow. I said, send yeah. your kid to someplace that's going to go ahead and emphasize the fundamentals from the time he's yes. going to start, it's all about that foundation. You have to understand the game. And if That's you learn right. the fundamentals and you understand the game, and then if you're blessed with obviously, you know, natural talent and abilities, yes. you know, mm-hmm. God gives you. But the other thing is, is that natural feel for the game that can't yes. be taught. That's right. You know? I mean, yes. I, I, I just get so upset when I see these teams and some of the draft picks they make because as, a, as amazing and as athletic as some of these guys are, they draft, they don't know what to do with it because That's they right. don't understand yeah. the game and yeah. how to utilize this amazing God-given talent and abilities that they have, and they don't utilize them properly. Just like what you said, if I was playing today, I'd be so much better if I had everything available yeah. to me that these guys have with the training, oh. with the eating, oh. with everything. It'd oh, be no. crazy how much better oh. I would be. Yeah, so yes. I'm a little jealous in that regard that these guys have so much going for them and a lot of oh, them the, don't utilize it. Yeah, the training programs, the nutritionists that's available to them, the support from the team on and off the court. Yeah. Uh, you know, with big issue now is, is, is the mental uh, aspect of the players. Mm-hmm. You know, what are, how are they dealing with off the court issues or whatever they have going on? When we played, there was no support. You could have been dealing with multiple things at that time but being able to compartmentalize those set them to the side and come and still perform on the court that's what we were asked to do and we expected no less you know so they have a huge support system and nutritionists and strength coach agility coach 
if you got a, if you got a problem with mental stuff, they got a psychiatrist or a psychologist that you could talk to. I mean, it's like they have everything you need is there for to, you to excel. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And take advantage of it. I mean, I'm I'm happy for them, and and uh, uh, but I tell you, you know, people say, "Oh, don't talk about your era," but it was a tougher time back then. It was tough to be in the league. The, the league was hard. Uh, the competition was hard. Um, uh, and, you know, the opportunities off the court wasn't as vast as, as they are now, you know, only for the superstars. Um, but now well, in the league... Even remember wasn't there, trust me. <laughs> I know, guys, yeah. Guys make That's more right. money on shoe deals than they do back, you know, playing. They make That's more money. Right. That's right. That's my point. I mean, it, it was a different time. So um, they're blessed to be playing in this era with the kind of support mm-hmm. and opportunity that's available you know, to the players today. I mean, it's ama- and it's amazing to watch. And some of the players are so impressive. The LeBron, LeBron James, the, the Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, uh, the amount of money they make and what they're doing to give back to the communities throughout the country. A lot of players are doing some amazing things, trying to make a positive impact, you know, in our communities and on our kids. And and uh, I commend them on that, that, that they are really, you know, taking the ball and trying to, you know, LeBron James going back to Akron, Akron building a school. Uh, KD, all the stuff he's doing in the technology uh, uh, realm. Um, Russell Westbrook, a lot of people don't like him, but he does some amazing things. So when I look at these players, I really look at what they're doing off the court as well. You know, what kind of difference are you trying to make? Who are you trying to impact? And a lot of these players are doing some amazing things. And I'm not just talking about the superstars. A lot of guys that are fringe players and they're really giving back and and, and trying to make a difference. So it's, it's, it's just a great time for the NBA and they got some great ambassadors in the league like Steph and some really high character guys that that are leading the league right now in a leadership role and really making an impact that they should be commended for. Yeah, and very sleepy. well said. I agree. 100% yeah. with you. Yeah, it's, and they, I really Sorry. respect those guys that, that do so much and they're giving back and realize how fortunate they are. Yeah, I was going to add, really I think are. Sleepy could also take, you could take on that ambassador role if you ever want to, but I know you're, uh, you're, it seems like you're thriving and happy in the real estate business, but I mean, the NBA, I'm guessing that door is always open for you. You know, um, I, I do some, I work with the NBA and we do a lot in this, you know, with the PAL program, the police activities league and, and um, some other uh, organizations that I work with and give back. And, you know, I do a lot and I'm very active with the St. Jude's, foundation and program and and uh um you know i just don't broadcast a lot of stuff that you know because it's fun like rick says it's fun it's fun to help people it's fun to give back it's 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 you know it makes you feel good inside so it does it's true Sleepy, well i, can't I thank hope you we got to yeah, record I- something that so the fans can hear you say something and the when they're going to honor you on sunday at the, at the warriors game so did they record something from you or not no uh-uh. I'm right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna email her. I'm gonna go ahead and text freaking Raymond Ritter and say, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how difficult is the quality of stuff on a freaking a smartphone now is unbelievable. I mean, so you should have yeah. something up there. Yeah, yeah. The great Raymond yeah. Ritter. I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would happily. Oh yeah. It, yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he, he, Sleepy, you, you've you've made my day and, and then some. I, I cannot thank you enough for coming on. No, I appreciate I, that. Sorry it took so you. long to connect. Okay. I know Rick is busy and we're all and, busy. Uh, yeah, it's okay. And thanks to you for really pursuing it and, and reaching out, uh, putting this together. I enjoyed it. And and Rick, you know, you you're you're an amazing person and player and someone that when I was coming through looking up to, like I want to be as good as that guy, you know. Or one of you know you want to be successful and out you know I, when I came in looking at Dr. J and the Rick Barrys and all the amazing players that I grew up watching mm-hmm. uh, really motivated me and incentivized me uh, to become the player that I became. So I, I thank you for that. 
Well, congratulations on your outstanding career and, and that I'm glad life is treating you and your family well. I wish you guys all the best for the upcoming holidays, uh, especially uh, Thanksgiving. We certainly have a lot to be thankful for, but right. sleepy forward, folks, uh, our guest here on the Rick Barry Show, and we, we thank you so much for taking so much of your time to, uh, to thank spend you. time with yeah, us. Yeah, sleepy. And anything, before we let you go, anything you like to promote? Uh, I know you, you seem low-key in that regard, but is there anything you want to mention that uh, you have going on or... No, just to be thankful for your family and friends with the holiday seasons uh, coming up. Uh, think about the less fortunate, give your time. You don't have to give money or any, if you can't, with time, it's just as valuable to someone in need. So that was be my only message to, to your listeners. Oh man, that's a big heart, Rick. That's a huge Thank heart. You. Thank you, Sleepy. Appreciate All that. Right. Thank you guys. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much. All right. Wow. That's a... Uh... I still can't believe you called that game. I, you never brought that up once until now. That's yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, I remember it because, yeah, I did. I lost my freaking voice. It's like, oh, crazy. I'm glad you I got mean, it back. I'm putting, glad. Out, putting out a freaking uh, history making performance and I couldn't even get to talk about the whole oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't have to get surgery on those. On those, uh, yeah, well, the vocal I, I cords. actually wound up having to get surgery. I had to get oh. the vocal cord surgery. I had, I had formed blisters on my vocal cords and, oh. uh, and actually it was when I was getting inducted into the hall of fame and I, I did, I hadn't talked for weeks before I couldn't talk at all. I had to try to rest it in my first voice. Even then it was hard. I mean, I, I had to be very, very careful um, in what I was doing for quite some time and all, but that's why I tell people, people say, Oh, you whisper, no whisper is even worse for you. And then I had to do all kinds. I had to go and get all kinds of stuff and nee, 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 do all kinds of voice things and everything else to not screw up because remember it happened Bill Sharman, the coach, I mean, he wound up his voice. He could hardly talk later on because he had had a problem. And if you keep talking when you have laryngitis, the bit, you have to stop talking. I had a lot of great stories with that too, because I, I was going someplace and, and I would take a pad and pencil with me and I'd somebody would write and I'd write down. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't speak. I've got, you know, got a laryngitis or problem with my voice and blah, blah, blah. So I'd write stuff down and the people would start talking to me like incredibly loud. And I said, uh, I'm not deaf. <laughs> so why would they do that by the way i saw a picture changing the subject entirely but i saw a picture of you posted uh posted on instagram you want another pickleball championship title what did well, you do I won, this time? i want a silver silver in the men's and then i won gold with my my female partner down in uh, la quinta and i played in an exhibition a celebrity thing and all that was like i mean there was only one guy that was even halfway decent player the other ones were you know so it wasn't like a great accomplishment I mean, yeah, but I, still I, I, I still won. Yeah. So I got I got a chance to win and do that. And it's always I just love competition competition. In fact, I'm heading back to uh I'm heading back in a couple of weeks to go play in the uh in the in the uh in the pickleball national tournament, the USA pickleball national championships in men's doubles and uh, mixed doubles and try to see if I can pull off another victory there. And I won the uh won the world seniors uh, two gold medals doing that too. And does your amazing wife, Lynn, she supports all this traveling for pickleball? No, like she, she doesn't particularly like that. She doesn't <laughs> like that. My wife traveled the world running USA basketball for women all the time. And for her to go and hang out just to watch me playing pickleball, trust me, there everybody wants her to play with her. My wife is a great pickleball player as well. She's a great athlete. But it's uh -huh. just you know, hard on her knees and, and the tournaments take forever in between. And she just doesn't want to go through it. But she's constantly being asked, begged by people, please play with me in the tournament. Please play. <laughs> so, yeah. we're, we're a very good, we're a very good, uh, very good team. But the thing is, is that I'd have to play in the 60 plus age category because I have, you can only play, you can go down and play lower, you know, in a higher level with yeah. age wise. But you can't you can't go and and play up if you're you know if you're a four zero you can't go play in a five something right, tournament right. unless age wise it, it's interesting it is interesting but it's fun anyway so everybody I hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving uh, it was yeah fun. And, and before we go Rick you you got look you still got endorsements right Medisaleaf you're still associated oh yeah with we got to go Medisaleaf.com the code is twenty four Medisaleaf M E D I C I L E A F you get a nice discount great products in fact we got a new thing coming out that we're just doing called. Uh, but I put the two companies together, um, Aloe MD Plus, and the Aloe MD is a great product by itself. Well, Aloe MD Plus is coming out now. We're getting some amazing results with that. And then Go Sleeves, who I keep trying to still get Clay to try this stuff. I'm just trying to help him out. Can't even get that happening. But 
Ghost Sleeves is there in the Bay Area, and you go to ghostsleeves.com, and if you put RB24 in the code, you can get yourself a nice discount with that as well. Uh, but it's a great product. I use it all the time. I don't necessarily need it, but uh, actually, you go to ghostsleeves.com forward slash 24. Go G-O, capital G-O, capital S, then L-E-E-V-E-S, ghostsleeves.com forward slash 24. And uh, you'll get a nice discount off of a great product that I use every time when I play. So anyway, and, that's just a few other things. And we're going to be, and at some point you're going to become the Chase Center. And I told you I'll meet up with you when you're there. Maybe we can uh, uh, track down Clay there for an interview. And then you could uh, talk to him about ghost sleeves. And not just Clay. I feel like every player could benefit from it. Not just him, but. You know, anybody um, that's got an issue and stuff with it. It's just such a great product because it's got kinesio tape built into it. I mean, it's right. really, really sophisticated and it's, and it's really well made not very expensive. Uh, you know, they got that and they've got it for the, for the calves, which would also help a little bit for your Achilles and they're coming up with other products as well. So amazing. We'll amazing. That works out. And then and I go, yeah. well, I have to go and do that. Maybe you'll get together and you can come and hopefully it'll be opening and I'll be able to go again. And I miss out going to the, the, um, but Kelly's flower market cafe for lunch, which is only open for lunch on sixth and brand is like one of the hidden gems in the city of San Francisco. If you want to get a great, great meal at a good Let's price. Let's go. Let's go. I'm in our market cafe for lunch. Check it out. I'm, I am a hundred percent in. Let me know when you're in town. We'll go do that. Rick, you can follow Rick Barry and all social media platforms at Rick 24 Barry. You can follow me on Twitter at doc surf Rocho. Rick. I'm still waiting for that follow on Instagram. My, I, 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 I'm following me, you on Instagram. I'm still not getting a follow from you. I'm giving you shit. It obviously doesn't matter, but I, w- I would love I'll it if you did follow me there. Right, I'll do it right now. I'm going to go. Who in this world doesn't want a hall of fame basketball player and a, just a great human being following them on, on Instagram. It's so dog what wild. What am I looking up for you? D O G W I L D dog wild. It's it's I, I signed up for Instagram super early and got that handle. So uh, it's, it's an easy. handle. Oh, my son Canyon's following you. Yeah. 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 We follow each other. Yeah. And I, and Canyon, so congrats to Canyon again. Right. Back. Uh, for, uh, for winning that, the, the three on three cup, I think it's a great step toward him playing in the Olympics in a couple of years. Um, and you can follow this program and all social media platforms at warriors 24 pod. <laughs> Sleepy, like what a what a back to back lineup we just had there. Chris Mullen and Sleepy Floyd, Rick. Woo! Mad on, mad on. Happy Thanksgiving, Rick. It's always a pleasure. Sir. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there, to you and your family. And uh, uh, let's just hope we can get back to more of a sense of reality. And you know, I mean, it's just what's going on is just so reprehensible. And don't get me started. You know how I am about Fair that. enough. Anyway, all the best. <laughs> Take care. Talk to you next time. Presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.